0: I've lived in this area my whole life and I I like to sometimes tell myself that I have learned an awful lot about the history and the people of Springfield and Sangamon County and I am forever being proven wrong and taken by surprise by things that have gone on here of which I was not aware. Fortunately, there are gifted authors and researchers like my next guest to Uh, uncover these stories and bring them to life. Uh, He's been on the program before. Raymond Bruzan uh, has written a couple of books about uh, life in Rochester, the rich history of that community, and in the course of that, uh, he has uncovered the story of a violin prodigy and a master teacher who influenced some of the great classical musicians of the 20th century, and who was born and, and spent his early years in Rochester. Raymond Bruzan is here to tell us the story of Lewis Persinger. He's the author of Have Violin, Will Travel, and he joins us here this afternoon. And welcome to the program. Great to have you here. And I'm sorry, bear with me for one second there. Now we've got you uh, on, and oh, okay. somebody, somebody well, switched a button on me. So. Well, thank
1: you for that welcome, and, and I'm thrilled to be here. And. and It's good to see you again, Jim.
0: Likewise. uh, Let's begin by just making sure everyone understands who we're talking about, Lewis Persinger. Mm -hmm. Who is he? Who was he? Uh, What's his connection to Rochester, and why is his story something we should be aware of?
1: Well, that's a loaded question, and I could probably speak two hours on that one. Um, I I think I'll start with just telling you how I found out about him. And it, it was a late night Five years ago, and I started, I was doing research on uh, Rochester history through the newspapers in Springfield, and I was doing this through the internet, and I came upon this story um, about a famous violinist, the whole story was wonderful, and then it just happens to mention that he was born in Rochester. My first thought was, they must mean Rochester, New York, and I actually set that aside, and Probably really didn't take it very seriously. About 45 minutes later, I, by that time, I had found three more articles written in Springfield Papers about this super violinist. And um, one of the newspaper stories nailed it. He was born in Sangamon County in Rochester, Illinois.
0: <laughs> uh, we, we think about Sangamon County for a lot of things. But gifted classical Maestros of the v uh, of the violin uh, are not really among them. It's not something that you would ordinarily connect with Sangamon County or with Rochester per se. How does such a musical genius? wind up with those origins.
1: Well, it's I can tell you where they the family itself came from and we traced uh, in in the book and as I did research for the book, traced the persinger family actually came from Germany, landed in Virginia and then established uh land, a, obtained land in southern Indiana. And Lewis Persinger's grandparents were are actually buried there. So that's kind of where my research started. They came from Indiana, located in Illinois, eventually. um, uh, Lewis's father was Amos, and his mother was Susan. And Amos got a job at the Rochester train station as a ticket agent. So that's what brought them to Rochester. They arrived in 1886. Uh, Susan, Lewis's mother, talented musician, played the piano, played at weddings, and um, I would characterize them probably as a poor family. They didn't have a lot of income, but they lived in Rochester, and we have uncovered a lot of evidence that they were actually there.
0: Now, uh, does Lewis's talent emerge during his time in Rochester, he was young uh, when, when he lived there with his family. Was there any inclination at that point, uh, any indication uh, that he had the kind of gift that we're talking about here? How did that talent develop?
1: Well, so far as actually in Rochester, they were in Rochester. Uh, Lewis was born in 1887, and they remained in Rochester for about four years Four to five years. And from that point, they moved west to Oklahoma. Big land rush there. They got free land. And I believe probably he, his genius started to emerge, if you will. Um, his mother started to teach him some piano. At that point, Uh, his first musical instrument was a cornstalk fiddle. Do you know what that is?
0: I I can kind of picture it in my mind. I don't know if
1: I've ever seen one, but. Well, um, that's where he started. And uh, they eventually located in Colorado. And that's where he first got his first actual violin lessons there.
0: It, it, it's it's a meticulously researched story, and uh, again, I will highly recommend the book. Have violin will travel. We'll tell you how to find it here momentarily. Uh, but it, it's uh, it's such a, a remarkable story when you you know trace the, the the family tree going back for the generations, and then the movement of this family. And as you said, not a wealthy family, uh, and uh, it, there was indications, in fact, that they they lost their shirts during a, a an American Depression in the eighteen nineties. And yet, somehow, they continued to manage to find ways to nurture Lewis's talent and to eventually be able to send him overseas with the help of some pretty generous benefactors.
1: Absolutely. A gold miner, as a matter of fact. They lived in Colorado Springs, and their lives crossed with uh, a gold miner who was one of the wealthiest individuals in America at that time. And he loved music. He was a generous individual and heard Lewis play. He knew that the family was poor, that there's no way that they could send him to school. But um, he offered, and he paid their way, wrote a check, for, I think it was like $1,000, and at that time, that was a lot of money. Sure. We're talking probably about 20000 there. Paid for his education to send him and his mother, Louis and his mother, to Europe, and they enrolled at Leipzig Royal Conservatory of Music, and I don't know if you've heard of that place, but that was like the top violin school in the world. They had incredible violinists there, and Lewis was exposed there. He was 13 years old when he started there, and he graduated with honors.
0: We're talking with Raymond Bruzan. He's the author of Have Violin, Will Travel, the Lewis Persinger story. Uh, Lewis born in Rochester, but then obviously, as we've discussed, uh, made his way overseas to study uh, at one of the greatest violin schools in the world, uh, and then became himself uh, a very noted performer, but -hmm. then also a a noted teacher of the violin.
1: That's very true. About uh, somewhere, probably about 1920, while they were located in San Francisco, he started taking on students. And he took on some of the most difficult students, and he took on prodigies. These are students that have incredible talent but are a real challenge to teach.
0: Because often they have uh, more talent than the teacher.
1: That's probably (laughs) quite true. Well, anyway, he, uh, he was sought after by parents to take their kids on. And, of course, many parents thought they had prodigies uh, in their own kids. Um, Lewis refused to take any student younger than six. And it is through that that he started to develop a large number of talented individuals. And one thing you do, if you do a search with Louis Persinger on on the Internet, you'll find a long list of violinists who, through their adult years, became incredible performers. At some point, though, after he was taking these students on, he was offered a job in New York.
0: To teach where?
1: To teach at? the number one school of music in the nation at the Juilliard.
0: The Juilliard. And so, again, that will tell you something about the extraordinary level of talent and also the ability to impart and share that talent to others. Uh, Some of the students of Louis Persinger became among the best-known violinists in, in the world in the early 20th century, names such as?
1: Oh, Menuhin, Rishi, Stern. Um I'll bring up Stern because he was actually here in Springfield in 1984 and performed at Sangamon Auditorium and it's kind of interesting that you know he was performing just a few miles away from where his his own teacher had been born.
0: Do we have any indication that Isaac Stern was aware of the of the connection or the proximity of his uh, his famed teacher's roots to where he was performing?
1: I I have no evidence of that
0: uh lewis persinger uh again born in the eighteen uh eighteen eighties and uh and um developed again as a, a noted performer and teacher through the twentieth century um tell us about his his later years without giving too much away um you know what to what becomes of lewis persinger
1: well it, he had a personal life he was married he had two children very talented children as well. Um, his first wife died in 1954 uh, interesting enough, he did remarry, and he married one of his students who was only 18 at the time.
0: And he was somewhere in his late 60s? If Six, my math's... 68. 68, she was 18. Uh, she
1: was 18. And But every evidence that we could find was that it was a happy marriage. They had four children, <laughs> and um, we found wonderful stories about them from those children. We interviewed one of them in particular that gave us stories and pictures, and um, it seemed to be a very loving family.
0: You traveled uh, quite extensively to uh, to research uh, his life in these various communities in which he lived when the when his parents took him and moved west. How did covid uh in, interrupt or interfere with the process?
1: It had a major impact on us because originally my plan was to start traveling and interview individuals, for example, in Indiana where his family came from. there are still persons or, Family members there that I wanted to interview and made it very challenging. And the same goes, I wanted to, of course, travel to Oklahoma and to Colorado Springs. I wasn't able to do that, but I interviewed a lot of people by phone, internet letters, and uh, were able to put together that story. We did travel to Europe, though would you like to hear that story absolutely we traveled to europe because of the one of the flyers that i happened to have from the juilliard mentions that he played in vienna austria and my first question was since we pam and i were celebrating our anniversary and a trip to europe and we knew we were going to be in vienna so um that raised a lot of questions, like where did he play, when did he play, what theater did he play in? Does, it, does, it, does it, you know, is that theater still there? Well, um, through help through a museum in Austria in Vienna, I found the answers through the newspapers. There, he played there in nineteen twenty or I'm sorry, nineteen eleven in January. He played at the Airbar Concert Hall. We looked that up, and sure enough, the building still existed. And we, Pam and I were able to locate that building in Vienna, Austria, and we got to sit on that stage where Louis Persinger had entertained his audiences over 100 years ago.
0: <laughs> he, uh, of course, uh, traveling Europe, eventually had to uh, return to the States because World War I broke out. Correct, uh, yes. So uh, it is a, a remarkable document, not just of this uh, individual's life, but of uh, music and culture in the early 20th century and how world events impacted all of that as well. Uh, are there any family ties or connections to Lewis Persinger remaining in Rochester? Is there any remnant of his existence there?
1: We have one individual who lived in Rochester who contacted me, and she definitely is a distant relative of Lewis Persinger. We also have a contact in Bloomington, Illinois, who also provided a lot of information, helped me develop the book, Uh, and they both contributed to the book. So we do have some Persinger relatives here yet in Illinois.
0: It's a, a remarkable thing uh, to have a, an extraordinary life that seems to get a little bit lost to the sands of time, and then you're able to, to come back and give us a glimpse into the, the life, the the psyche, the talent of someone who really had a profound impact on, on a lot of people. And again, uh, not just his music, but then teaching and developing students to create extraordinary music and the impact they had all throughout the world. It's an incredible
1: story. It was fun to write, it was fun to research, and uh, and we're having fun with it right now.
0: It's called Have Violin, Will Travel, The Lewis Persinger Story. Raymond Bruzan is the author, and how do people find your book?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I want to make note that Monday night... I am a speaker at the Lincoln Library here in Springfield at 630. That's and, at the
0: Lincoln Public Library, downtown 7th and Capitol. That's okay.
1: correct. And it's being sponsored by the Dana Thomas House Foundation. And we're making some connections between Dana Thomas and also Lewis Persinger. Uh, Pam and I will be doing a PowerPoint presentation for about 30 minutes, and that will be followed by a book signing Um there at the library. And also you can pick up a book by calling me at
0: 217-498-7325. 217-498-7325. Or again, you can come down to the event uh, Monday evening. And what time does that begin again?
1: And it's at 630 and we'll have a book signing and we'd love to meet you. I hope that uh, you come out and join us. Uh, one thing that Pam and I do enjoy doing is sharing knowledge. We've both have educational experiences in our background, so it's kind of part of our lives.
0: You'll get to hear a lot more about this remarkable story. Raymond Brisan, thank you for sharing a part of it with us here today, and we encourage others to go out and find the book. You can also find recordings of Lewis Persinger uh, playing and actually talking about the craft of violin online, places like YouTube and things, so you can get an even more full picture of uh, his life and legacy.